We want to give ourselves over fully to the character. We want to immerse in them. We don't want to feel like ourselves just reading lines off a page. We want to feel like we are living moment to moment through this character and we want to do it quickly, but it just doesn't seem to happen. We feel more like ourselves than ever. The character is not being expressed through our body. So what the hell do we do? How do we immerse in them? How do we move away from ourselves and fully give ourselves over to this character? If these are things that you struggled with, you're going to want to grab a notepad and something to take notes with, because that is what we're diving into in today's episode. You are listening to Unstoppable Actors, the essential podcast for ambitious, aspiring actors. With me, Louise, the Artistic Director of Standby Method Acting Studio. And every week, I'll be talking with you and sharing how you can become a paid, working, unstoppable actor because you 1,000% can. An acting career is doable. Are you ready? This week's episode is sponsored by Total Character Immersion, a brand new, in-depth, intensive actor training program complete with five nuclear strength method acting modules that will take you from wondering how the hell am I ever going to connect to the character to living through them with ease. For more information and to join the waitlist for Total Character Immersion so you hear when it opens up for enrolment first, click the link in the description. Okay, so I remember when I was taking my professional actor training and I got some feedback about a character that I thought I'd done really well with. Um, I got a standing ovation for my work, which was kind of the validation that I was looking for as a young actor to let me know that I was on the right track and on the right path. But the feedback that I got was that I took a very cumbersome approach to the character. And cumbersome just means it's like really slow, bit ploddy, um, it doesn't fit into place quickly. And that really knocked me back. And I started to question myself as an actor, but also as well, I, I, I thought, since when has there been like a set time when you should actually have the character? Like, is everybody else getting the character in the first week and it's just taking me longer? Is there something wrong with me as an actor? And then I watched this interview with Dustin Hoffman on Inside the Actor Studio. And he was saying that he doesn't get the character until well after the first week of the stage play opening when he's do, when he used to do theatre. And that got me thinking that actually as actors, it takes as long as it takes for us to get the character. And because this is creative and it's artistic, it's not logical. It's not like maths. It's not like you should have the character at this point. And if you don't, you're a failure. And that's what I wanted to talk about today because I feel like we probably can get the character much quicker than we allow ourselves to, but there are certain things that we do that actually block ourselves from connecting to the character. And some of those things are things like seeing all of the differences. Like when when we solely focus on all of the differences between ourselves and the character, of course, we're just creating more distance between us and them. And of course, it's going to take much, much longer to connect to them because our brain, our imagination is just occupied between, or not between, but with all of the differences between us and them. And another thing that we can do that does maybe make your character connection process a little bit cumbersome is judging the parts of the character that you don't agree with. 
And the thing about that is that is just creating even more distance between you and them. And the one thing we have to remind ourselves of is that we are actors showing the human condition and humans, every single one of us that are walking on this planet right now, that have ever walked on this planet and that will do in the future are flawed. Humans are not perfect. So when you judge the things about the character that you don't like, you're not actually doing yourself any justice or any service as an actor because judging the character doesn't serve you as an artist. And I always go back to what Alan Rickman said, which is when you judge the character, you can't play the character. So if you find yourself judging the role, just recognise and understand that it is going to take you much, much longer to connect to them because all you're doing is seeing everything in them that you don't like about them and that you don't agree with, which makes it harder to immerse in them and to step into their shoes. And the other thing we do that I feel really puts distance between us and the character and and can make our character connection process much, much slower is playing each character the same way you play all the characters, which is as you. We really want to avoid that. Although, yeah, we do want to draw upon our life experience and we want to empathise with the character through our own life experiences and, and what we know, we don't want to default to always playing each character as us. Because as I always tell my acting students, the writer hasn't written about our problems. The writer hasn't written about us. They've written about this character in this specific set of given circumstances. So whilst we can lend our life experience to that, we want to start becoming very aware when we are just playing us. So if I take you back to that character that I played where the feedback was that my approach to the character was very cumbersome, I actually didn't think it was. So it was a production, um, a Shakespeare production, and I was playing Dog Beret, and it was much ado about nothing. And the director had basically said that he wanted Dog Beret to almost be like the Italian mafia. And there was just something about that that didn't sit right with me. And I found the courage to tell him. I was only very young, very inexperienced, um, very new to acting, especially very new to professional actor training. But yeah, I mustered up the courage and I just said, hey, Chris, listen, I, I'm really not feeling this. I really don't believe that Dogberry is part of the Italian mafia. Now, if you don't know this play, if you don't know much to do about nothing, Dogberry is a police officer who basically gets everything wrong, like all the language wrong, is just not great at his job. And so Dogberry is a bit of the comic relief in Much Ado About Nothing. And the thing about comedy is I still have to this day this belief that I'm not funny and that I can't do comedy. And all my friends always say, yeah, but Louise, you are really funny. And I'm like, yeah, I might be funny in a social setting, but I'm not funny on stage. I'm not funny in front of the camera. And the reason I'm not is because I get really tense about it and I try and force the comedy and it doesn't work. So that was the first thing that was playing on my mind is like, how am I going to make this bloody now Italian mafia police person funny? Like, I, I literally can't see the comedy in it at all. And then out of nowhere, this idea just struck me. And it was so strong. I was like, I have to run with this. I don't know where the inspiration came from. I don't even know what I was doing. But the idea just came into my mind and I knew it was right. And it was that. I was going to play Dogberry as my dad. And I know you don't know my dad. <laughs> but I feel like he 
it was so similar to Dogbury, just got things wrong all the time, but it was hilarious, like really hilarious. Um, so I took this idea to my to my director, Chris, and I said, look, I'd really like it if you could just let me explore this idea of playing Dogbury as my dad. And if it doesn't work out, I'll absolutely go back to him being, you know, Italian mafia, which by the way, Dogbury is a male and I was playing a male, which is cool. Um, and he was like, okay, let's go with it. So thank the Lord. He was really open to this. He was really open to my ideas. And then it just felt like I didn't have to do much work. And I always feel like that's a good indicator of when you're really immersing into the role and you're doing it justice is when it feels effortless. If you feel like you're really trying and really forcing and really pushing for things, then it's probably not working out. And this felt effortless because obviously at that point, I knew my dad inside out as well as well as I could do being his daughter. So all I did is I spoke the way my dad did. And obviously, like, I'm from Sheffield, so my dad's really Yorkshire. And, <clears throat> yeah, I just made Dogbury really bloody Yorkshire. And I, <laughs> I like, stressed the words that my dad would. So I started copying my, my dad's speech, the intonation of his speech. That was the first thing. And then I also started um, copying his mannerisms and popping those into Dogbury as well. And I didn't know whether this was working out and whether this was funny or not. But all I knew is that it felt right and it felt good. And I was really enjoying channeling my dad into this character. I don't even think actually to this day my dad even knew that I was playing him. <laughs> I don't even think I ever told him. Um, but yeah, it works out. And I never had to go back to this Italian mafia idea that the director had come up with because that would have led to me forcing and pushing and struggling and just feeling like I was banging my head against a brick wall. I just knew it because I didn't feel inspired by the idea. Um, so what I'd done is obviously I'd taken the given circumstances of Dogbury not being great at his job and getting everything wrong and getting all his language wrong. And I'd like the idea had just struck me that, yeah, my dad is exactly like this. So it's not like I was using my dad and it just didn't fit the circumstances and it would just come out of nowhere. It fit the given circumstances. And I'm going to come to that a little bit later on because that's really, really important for you to remember and recognise that we don't just want to go off on a tangent and create something that isn't in line with the writer's intentions. Now, obviously, I don't know Shakespeare. I've never met him. He's not alive. But it's very clear when you read the play what the writer's intentions are with each character because you can just look at the dialogue, you can look between the dialogue, you can look at the subtext and you can look at the interactions between the character you're playing and the other character to find the intentions very easily to make sure you are staying in line with the given circumstances. But that led to me getting a standing ovation and I remember like some of my... um some of my peers came up to me and they were like, oh my God, that was so funny. You were hilarious. And it's not that my intention was to make the audience laugh. My intention was solely to play my dad, who I just thought was hilarious. And he wasn't intentionally funny. It's just that he did things and got things wrong and it was really funny. So that was really nice to hear that feedback. Um, and there was such a brilliant energy the first night when I when I did the show. Like the the energy in the auditorium was electric, and that's one of the reasons I absolutely love theatre. I love screen acting as well, but I really love stage acting because 
it's it's not just like it's you doing the performance and that's it. It's like you and the audience are together. It's a moment in time together. And I adore that. I adore that, you know, like buzzing off the audience, feeding off the audience and even responding to them as well, if that makes sense. So let's dive into this then. So I've already gone through some of the key things that separate us and, and just put more distance between us and the character. And that's seeing all of the differences. It's judging the parts of them that we don't agree with or don't like. And it's just playing every single character exactly the same way you play all characters, which would be as you. So how can we overcome this then? Well, you've heard my story of playing Dogbury and you've heard some of the things that I did, my process that I took to create that character and to really immerse in it. But there are other things that you can do as well. And the first thing I would always recommend is get down a list of your default acting habits. Make a really clear list. I would recommend you to have some sort of notebook, some sort of journal um, that you have solely for acting and that you keep as sort of like your little diary and, and the way you document building each character, but also the way you document developing your talent as well, which is so bloody important. I say it in every single podcast episode, I think. I'm always saying it to my students. I'm always saying it on the emails, but you don't have the profile of Denzel Washington or Viola Davis or Tom Hardy or Leonardo DiCaprio or insert whoever your acting inspiration is. You just don't have their profile at the moment. And the only thing you do have to fall back on and to get you anywhere and to start building your own profile is your talent. So it would be very wise of you to keep developing your talent and keeping like a talent notebook or a talent diary, if that's what you want to call it, you can call it whatever you want, is a really good good idea and a good way of making sure you're always staying on track with your acting skills. Because people like Denzel and Leo and Kate Winslet and whoever, they had to earn their right to be in these big productions. They had to earn their career and they did that through their talent. And you've got to do exactly the same. So in this book, this notebook, you want to be writing down of your default acting habits. And your default acting habits are the ones that you go to when you're not necessarily being authentic in your acting. These are the acting habits that you go to when you're feeling nervous or when you're not necessarily inspired or you're not really connecting to the character or you don't feel creative. There's the things that you do all the time and actually what they do is they block you from being in the moment they block you from being authentic they block you from giving these beautiful inspired moment to moment performances and if you're struggling to know what your default acting habits are have a think back to feedback that you've got maybe from directors maybe from short films you've been in, even amateur theatre or even school players if you don't have loads and loads of experience at the moment. Just think back to the same old feedback that crops up time and time again where you know you've not given your absolute most authentic performances. Now, the more you get out there and do acting, the more you perform, the more you do exercises, acting exercises, the more you'll start to learn what your default acting habits are. And so the bigger this list will become. Now, this list is not here to serve the purpose of letting you know you're not good enough. It's there to help you learn and improve and grow and move away from these default acting habits. I always find this really, really useful to do. I do it with my acting students. And then at the end of modules, what we do is re review and reflect upon this list of default acting habits and they start to tick off the ones that they've got rid of. 
this is a really good way of developing your talent and your craft. One of my default acting habits is that I get this little wiggly pointy finger that always bloody well comes out. I don't know why it does it. Honestly, I have no idea why it comes out, but I don't really need to know why it happens. I just need to know it's happening and stop it. So I get like this wiggly pointy finger. That's one of the things. Another thing I default to when I'm not fully immersed in the character and I'm not feeling inspired and I'm not really in a creative mindset is I default to anger or I default to playing the character as really feisty and headstrong when they might not necessarily be that and that doesn't reflect the given circumstances. So because I've taken time to um, really get to know myself as an artist I know what my default acting habits are. And then when they start to rear their ugly head, I can go, oh, I'm doing that thing again. And then I can go back to the drawing board and I can reset myself and I can do a step out or I can do some relaxation um, to remove that habit and then go back into the scene or the exercise with a fresh mindset and feeling more grounded and more inspired. So it's really important that you do do that. That's the first thing because all of these default acting habits will just constantly put a wedge between you and the character and we definitely don't want that because you know we're all obsessed with immersing in the character because it feels so good it feels so creative we feel so alive when we do it so definitely make sure you get a list of your default acting habits and then the next thing that you can do is you can do an exercise Um, You can either do it by yourself or you could grab someone. Maybe you could come and join our Unstoppable Actors group over on Facebook. Oh my God, it is so supportive. There is such a lovely bunch of actors in there who are on the journey to becoming Unstoppable Actors. I definitely recommend you joining. Just type in Unstoppable Actors in Facebook. Um, You'll see the group and then request to join. And then perhaps you could put a post in there and ask another actor from the group to do this exercise with you. So the exercise is simple. All you're doing is for 60 minutes is you're sharing your life story. And you want to share a combination of experiences. What I've noticed is that sometimes actors get a little bit scared about the darker sides of their life experience. So they try to avoid them and just tell funny stories of what's happened in their life. But that's not life. That's not a true reflection of the human condition. So you want to be making sure you are telling a combination of the more lighthearted experiences you've been through, the darker experiences you've been through, and then the more mundane experiences you've been through as well. If you could do this with another actor, you could then sit and listen as they do their life story for 60 minutes. And it will serve the purpose of allowing you to be more vulnerable, which is always a good thing when it comes to acting because vulnerability creates connection. It will help you with your listening skills and it will it will also help you get better at expressing your life story so then you can express the characters with absolute clarity. Now, the reason we do this exercise is because firstly, it helps us see that we're all flawed. As I've already said at the beginning of the podcast, every single human being on the planet is flawed and good writers write about the human condition and all the flaws of it. They don't just write about the niceties of being a human. And in method acting, whenever we're struggling with characters, because the thing we've got to do is we've got to empathise with the character 
100% because when we empathise with it rather than judging it, that's when we can step into their shoes more easily. That's when we can embody the role. That's when we can express the role with absolute clarity. So in method, we always come back to this question, who am I? Because when you know who you are, then you know what experiences you've got to lend to this character. So that would be the second thing I'd be asking you to do is join up with another actor and and do this exercise of sharing your life story for 60 minutes each. And then the third thing I'd be asking you to do is look at the given circumstances. So if you're not sure what they are, the given circumstances are the facts that the writer has written into the play. And they're the things that you can't change. You don't have a right to change them. Because if you start doing that, you start changing the entire story. You start changing who this character is. So the given circumstances are the facts given, meaning it's there, it's in the play, it's in the script. We can't deny it and we can't change it. So when you figure out what the given circumstances are, what the facts of this character's life are, the facts of who they are, then what you can do is you can channel all of that beautiful life experience of yours into the circumstances of the character. And that's why I encourage you to do the exercise where you share your life story, because then you know what you've got available to you to channel into the character and to lend to the character circumstances. So yeah, you, you can then lend your your experiences to their circumstances and it just makes for such a more rounded character to play because it's like Christian Bale said our job as actors is to see how far we can empathize with this these people to get ourselves into their shoes with no judgment so yeah you would dig up the given circumstances find out what they are So I just want to end the podcast by telling you another short story of another character that I played. And this character was a prostitute. And I was only really young when I played this character. It was um, a young girl who kind of got into child trafficking. She didn't realise she had, but she was, you know, having to like sell her body for someone else, which is obviously what you know, trafficking is, and and this person was trying to sell, not just sell her body, but then sell her onto other traffickers as well. And so one thing I did to help me really embody um, this young girl who was finding herself in this situation of prostituting herself out, is I went out and I watched prostitutes. I went behind Manchester Piccadilly train station, and I just spent many, many, many hours observing them. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to, from a distance and in a safe way, expose myself to their world because my imagination was only getting me so far and I was finding myself very blocked. And of course, I take my job as an actor really seriously. If I'm going to be playing any kind of person, I want to do them justice. I don't want to do a half-arsed job with them. I want to see what their world is really like. So yeah, that's why I spent hours upon hours with my friend um thankfully I had a very good friend who would go out and spend hours with me in the bloody cold because it was cold and at night just watching these prostitutes and I was fascinated absolutely fascinated by them and what that did is it gave my imagination absolutely loads to work with and it was from there that I found her walk through watching these other 
um, ladies selling their bodies as well. I found her walk. I found her mannerisms. And I felt like I, I had a really good understanding of this world now. So I could bring my own life experience and I could bring this experience of observing these um these ladies who were selling themselves into the given circumstances of the character and I got such amazing feedback for that role that people would come up to me and be like oh my god Louise you made me feel so sad I was absolutely in tears or on the edge of tears and whenever I get feedback like that that's when I know that I've done a good job if people are talking about my costume or how many lines I've learned oh how did you manage to learn all those lines or they're talking about the set or something else totally irrelevant to the character that's when I know I've not done my job that's when I know I've not immersed in the character but when they're saying things like god like I could feel the tears rolling down my cheeks or you had me in tears or I felt so sad for you that's when you know that that the audience has been on the journey with you and you've done your job properly so let's recap then when we judge the parts of the character that we don't agree with it creates a further divide between us and them when we just focus solely on all the differences between us and them it creates a bigger divide a bigger gap between us and them and when we default to playing every single character as us it stops us from truly immersing in them and discovering who the character truly is so they're the three things we want to avoid and then the three things we want to do to help us bridge the gap between us and the character is, number one, make a big list of all our default acting habits because we want to be aware when they're coming up so we can avoid them. Um, number two, we want to work with another actor and do an exercise where we tell our life story for 60 minutes and we listen to them tell their life story for 60 minutes because that serves the purpose of helping us um find what we've got inside of us already for free to lend to the character's circumstances and then we want to find out what the given circumstances are of the character so we don't just default to playing us all the time we can lend all that amazing goodness that we've got inside of us all that life experience into their circumstances so that's how we bridge the gap between them and us we lend what we know from our life experience but we put it into their circumstances and then of course you can go out people watching which is what I did when I was playing the girl who was having to prostitute herself and she was being trafficked so or you can draw, actually, just, it just popped back in my head, the story of me playing Dogbury. You can draw upon other people that you know and you can channel them when it fits the circumstances of the character well, like as I channeled my dad. So I really hope this has been useful for you and I really hope it's given you a lot of food for thought. I really hope and it's given you um, some inspiration for the next character that you play. All I would say is experiment with this process, experiment with this method and don't put pressure on yourself because when we put pressure on ourselves to get the character right, that's when we create even more distance between us and them. That's when it becomes challenging. That's when it becomes hard work. That's when it's not enjoyable and really it should feel effortless and it should feel inspired and it should feel creative. So yeah try out any one or all of these um, ideas and methods that I've given you and let me know how you get on.
these are the kind of things that we're going to be diving into in total character immersion so definitely go and check that out the link is in the description i have absolutely loved hanging out with you and i really hope you enjoyed this episode of unstoppable actors the essential podcast for ambitious aspiring actors now if you did i'd really love you to subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review and if you would like weekly injections of inspiration, you'd like mini method acting challenges to keep you making progress with your dreams, come and join the most supportive acting community online by clicking the link in the notes to help you become an unstoppable actor.